Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. Best friends forever. Do 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 this is the Fantasy Best Friends Forever here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Alongside Frankie Stanfield, I am Greg Sussman. Frankie, what's going on, buddy? Frankie, week three nearly in the books. We got a, I'd say, a pretty fun matchup tonight between the Steelers and the Tampa Bay Bucks. I, I'd imagine a lot of fantasy implications and fantasy uh, weeks overall are going to be decided in tonight's matchup between Fitzmagic Mike Evans Against the Steelers. Yeah, it'll be fun. You know the worst guys. You know the worst feeling is in fantasy football? When you F up. (laughs) I'd say so, yeah. That's that's the worst like that's the worst feeling. Definitely fair. It's like worse to me than just like losing. It's when you F up. And I F'd up twice yesterday. But was it something that you could have known? Because yes. I came in today and I told you something that happened yesterday. And it's like there's no way I would have ever done it. So like you can't feel terribly about that one. For example, I play in a Superflex league in my home league. I picked up Josh Allen before the week got started. Yep. He, I think, tripled the combination of my starting quarterbacks, which were Kirk Cousins and Blake Bortles, which is just absolutely brutal to see, like, all those points on your bench. But there's no way you're ever going to start Josh right. Allen. so I'm not mad about that. You, yeah. you shouldn't be mad about that. It, just, I would not it be, still sucks, though. I would not be mad. So on one of my teams, I have Calvin Ridley on the yeah, bench. You can't be mad about not that. Not mad about that at all, because yeah. there was never a possibility. Here are the two things, two and a half things that I'm mad about. Ready? In one league, I started Chris Hogan over Robert Woods. That was a discussion. I could be mad about that. I have Cooper Cup as well. I was deciding between two of those three. I went with Cup, and I went with Hogan, and I didn't start Woods. I start Woods. I'm down 17 tonight with Ryan Fitzpatrick to go. Mm. That hurts. That does hurt. And that stinks because that's all on me. That's on nothing else but me. If it makes you feel any better or worse, I would have done the same thing. You did do the same thing. You, you told me to do it. Yeah. We had talked about it because I, I brought it up, and then that's what you said, and, and I went with you. I agreed with you. And it stunk because I had a 22-point lead going in the weekend because I had Carlos Hyde on Thursday, and mm. it, that was brutal. That was mistake one, and it hurt a lot. Mistake two. I fell into the hype on Sunday. I got excited on Sunday morning. Uh-oh. I did the Corey Grant thing. <laughs> I did it. How you, we talk about it every week, how yeah. brutal my flexes are in one league. I'm starting Geronimo Allison or Brandon Marshall or whatever. I obviously started my guy Jordan Wilkins. Oh, no. I told you not to do that. You did say that. <laughs> and I started, ultimately, I started Corey Grant over the guy I had in. I literally changed it at 1230. Started Corey Grant over Geronimo Allison. So that one hurt. That was a, that was a bit of a swing. And then earlier in the week... I was, I was deciding about which defense to pick up for the week. Uh, so, by the way, the, the difference there uh, was 13 points, okay? I was deciding what defense to start during the week. Cincinnati or Seattle? Cincinnati against Carolina. Tougher matchup. But I think Cincinnati was better defense. Yeah. Seattle, better matchup against Dallas. I, I obviously went with Cincinnati, who had a grand total of zero points yesterday. They got me one in my home league. Seattle... I don't know why they, oh, I guess points allowed. Um, and then Seattle had 15. So if you add the 15 points plus the 13 points, that's 28 points. Um, I would be still losing in my matchup, to be honest with you. I would be down 14 points with Antonio Brown tonight. The hindsight game is a tough one in fantasy football, Greg. 1,000%, but it's stuff. But, like, it, these are minimal stuff, right? Like, it's Robert Woods versus Chris Hogan. That was the debate we had last week on yeah. this show. And then this one was just, like, stupid decisions. Yeah. The Corey Grant thing, 
I was taking a shot with Allison and taking a shot with Marshall. Everybody knows I liked Washington, which is why I didn't play Allison ultimately. I, I figured the third wide receiver, like, I'll leave him on the bench. Give me Corey Grant, who I think was going to be the safer option. That was the goal. Like, from the flex, if I could just get, like, 7 to 10 points, cool. I would take that. The defense, I took a shot and was wrong. Like, that, you know, whatever. It is what it is. <laughs> um, it really sucks when your kicker is 15 and you just couldn't get your the— Your kicker got 15? Will Lutz, baby. Will Lutz. I had a kicker question last week. Someone was asking me, Will Lutz or— Dan Bailey. And I said, well, what? There you go. So there you go. The <laughs> kicker was for Frank Stample. <laughs> Absolutely. I think what makes things worse is when it's with players that are closely ranked together, right? Like, I could have seen a lot of people benching Adrian Peterson yesterday. Yeah. Because that, that might have so, set up as a game that people thought there would be points back and forth. Dude, so a question I had multiple times yesterday morning, Adrian Peterson versus TJ Yeldon. I had Yeldon ranked higher. Right. Brutal. Absolutely <laughs> Brutal. And I think Adrian Peterson versus the Patriots running backs would have been a big one as well. Obviously not like James White because I think he's like the safest of the bunch. But honestly, I was buying in. I ranked them as high-end flexes last week. Sony Michelle and Rex Burkhead. The, De- the Detroit Lions rushing defense had been absolutely brutal. And then what happened last night obviously happened. Sony Michelle, what, 50 yards? He right. didn't look great. Rex Burkhead... Banged up. Didn't even have a rushing attempt in the game. He had like two targets. I know we normally do this tomorrow. Brutal, man. I, know, I know we don't normally do this tomorrow. Yeah. I want to ask you right now. Yes, sir. Is Rex Burkhead droppable? Yep. I think so, too. He is. Uh, given how banged up he is, uh, his usage or lack thereof, Sony Michelle seems like the guy who's getting a lot of the carries now. And then if, this, if the Patriots are ever in a shootout game where it's going back and forth, they're going to have a lot of James White on the field, yep. too. So he's catching the ball to the backfield. It seems like those two kind of have their roles. Uh, and again, this can change at any point. Yep. But I will say, I think Rex Burkhead is droppable right now. Um, and then, you know, there's only one more week until obviously Julian Edelman returns. And I wouldn't be surprised if Josh Gordon is involved next week or, Ooh, and active. So take, it just takes even more away from Rex Burkhead. Let me take it one step further. Is Chris Hogan droppable? I don't think so. Why? I get, if for Calvin Ridley or yeah. Tyler, Bo- right. uh, Tyler Boyd. The, the top two wide receivers. Uh, arguably this week. Calvin yeah. Ridley, Tyler Boyd, yeah. Yeah, I would consider that. I yeah. think so, too. I would add those guys for Chris Hogan. Uh, and, and it's tough to say. You know, I was obviously very high on him. I thought he would kind of step into that Brandon Cooks role from a year ago. Uh, obviously not be the downfield threat that Brandon Cooks was, but I thought he would kind of step into that 100 to 115 target range. And, and it's just, it's not happening right now. They're, they're barely looking his way. The Patriots' offense looks completely inept yesterday against the Detroit Lions' defense, a hapless defense the first two weeks. I don't know if it was you know, Matt Patricia you know, having intel on Tom Brady and the Patriots' offense for all his, all his years being there, but the Patriots looked absolutely inept. Tom Brady didn't even throw for, what, 130, 140 yards. He looked absolutely terrible. Uh, the Lions dominated time of possession in this game, too. Uh, I, I put out a poll from the BFS Twitter today, uh, which team's weapons were you most let down by? I think the obvious answer is the Vikings. Sure. I included them in the poll. Yep. But the Patriots were terrible too. Chris Hogan didn't do much. Rob Gronkowski didn't do much. The over-under for that game ended up being the highest when everything was said and done yesterday, Greg. Everyone was betting the under on the Chiefs and 49ers. So right before kickoff, it was the, the Lions and the Patriots which had the highest over-under going into yesterday's slate of action. Right. It was like 55 points. What a letdown that game huge. was. Huge. Terrible. Huge, huge letdown. It's bad football. KC San Francisco, not a letdown. No. No. no look, up. Patrick Mahomes in the Chiefs offense is just a video game. Tyree Hill, right letdown. Yeah, he was a letdown. That sucked. He's going to be a little boomer busty. I agree. Like, like he's going to win you weeks. Yeah, I think you take the good, or the good with the bad with Tyree Hill. I totally agree. Sammy Watkins looked great, though. Sammy Watkins looked great. Kareem Hunt finally looked great. Did he, though? Yeah, I think so. You know, 18 so? rushes for 44 yards, two. two touchdowns. That's a big number. The touchdowns help, obviously. Like That's what's going to save Kareem Hunt's value is the fact that he plays in the number one offense in football right now in the Kansas City Chiefs, so he's going to have scoring opportunities. But like we saw in week one, if he doesn't score touchdowns, he's giving you 45 yards, Greg. Yeah. He's averaging like less than 3.5 yards per carry right now. That offensive line doesn't look great for run-blocking purposes. And he's not catching the ball to the backfield either. I want to say sell high on Kareem Hunt, right? Like, that seems like the obvious thing to try and do. Yeah. But who are you getting in return for Kareem Hunt right now? Like, I'm a Kareem Hunt owner in multiple leagues, and I was running down the list of, like, top 20 running backs right now. Okay. Who are you trading Kareem Hunt for right now? Like, who are you going to get in return? Jordan Howard? That was a name that came up. I think they're in very similar situations. Who would you rather have? 
I would rather have Kareem Hunt because he's in the better offense. I think so too. But I think I think that's but Jordan Howard has more targets, more receptions, more receiving yards. And it's not close, right? Everything. Kareem Hunt's only been targeted one time in each game so far, right? right? So at right. least Jordan Howard is being used in the past game. We had Chris Bavona whisper to us, Mark Ingram. It wasn't really a whisper. I don't think. I don't think that. that went over the air, did it? No. Bavona, well, was that over the air? No, right? But I don't think he knows how to whisper. Was the point of it? Yeah. Yes. Mark Ingram. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't do it for. Mark I wouldn't Ingram. do it for Mark Ingram either. Um. What about somebody Good like question, Joe Mixon? No, you can't do that. Not he, trading for injured cause players. Because he, he's hurt. Um, it's tough, man. It, it's tough just, just thinking about the running backs that have been successful and they haven't really... All right, David Johnson. No. I don't think so either. He's being targeted more than Kareem Hunt is, but again, just because Hunt plays in the offense that he does, he's going to have more scoring opportunities. The Cardinals' offense... I think it can be better if Josh Rosen is the quarterback. And I think we're one. getting closer to that. But I wouldn't trade Kareem Hunt away to get I agree. James Johnson. James Conner. <laughs> oh, man. With the news coming out that the Pittsburgh Steelers are shopping Le'Veon Bell. I tweeted about this yesterday, Greg. How fun would it be if you're a Le'Veon Bell owner that and drafted he, James Conner? Unbelievable. You end up with two t- top and running backs. Unbelievable. If Le'Veon Bell is traded away to, it honestly doesn't matter where. Would I trade? I don't think I would do it. Okay. Like, that's like a high risk, high reward, like big win for you. If, it depends is, how you play. If you're the, risky, you want to you take the shot for all. And you just have to beg that Le'Veon Bell gets traded. I don't think I can do it. Great question. What if you get the, and the problem is the, now with the, new, with the new report, the Connor owner won't throw in Le'Veon Bell, obviously. Yeah. It's interesting, man. Someone kind of offered me a trade this morning. It was really interesting. Like, on the opposite side of that, why is anyone actively trying to trade Kareem Hunt right now? I mean, trade for him to acquire I would him. trade Kareem Hunt. I would trade for Kareem Hunt right now. I think there's better days ahead. I really do. I would absolutely trade for Kareem Hunt. No, something I would try to do if I were a Kareem Hunt, if I was trying to acquire Kareem Hunt, all for Carlos Hyde for Kareem Hunt. That doesn't get it done. You don't think so? Mm-mm. All right, I'm going to do it right now. I'm just, I'm you can try. Who has I think Hunt it might. You know what, gonna, it was something that crossed I'm, 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 my mind. I'm, I'm gonna I was looking right down now. the names of top 20 running backs right now. Carlos Hyde is the number eight running back in fantasy in half-point PPR leagues. He's only averaging 3.3 yards per carry, but he has 61 rushing attempts on the season, Greg. That is second among all running backs behind only Todd Gurley. So the thought crossed my mind. Would I rather have Carlos Hyde or Kareem Hunt right now? I, there's no way that gets it done. I think there's a chance it might. All right, I just I just asked if you want to I, trade away high to get Kareem. Hunt. Literally just now, I texted the guy in my league that has Kareem. I don't Hunt. think it, I don't think it hurts to try. This is actually a team I have some pieces to trade. Right. I don't think it hurts to so, try, and I think it's close. So would you do Carlos High? I, I feel bad offering that. To be honest with you, why I, do you feel bad offering it? I don't think it's enough. I think he's gonna laugh at me. You're you are a big proponent, Greg. But like of, I'm not looking to sell low if that's what you're after. That's what he responded with. What he responded with. Carlos Hyde for Kareem Hunt. Well, yeah, I mean, that's what I think a savvy fantasy owner would say, right? Like, I don't want to sell Kareem Hunt low. But somebody might trust Carlos Hyde with what he's done so far to this point and the fact that Baker Mayfield's going to take over at quarterback, which can only boost this offense. This offense was not performing well with Tyrod Taylor as the quarterback, and Carlos Hyde still has four rushing uh, rushing touchdowns already on the season. So if there are believers that Carlos Hyde can be even better with Baker Mayfield as the quarterback, I just proposed propose the trade to him. That you I'm thought, just saying, like this is my thought process, and it might be other people's th- thought process as well. I just proposed a trade that I think you'd upset, uh, accept. No question. Then I offered Carlos Hyde and Cooper Cup or Kareem Hunt. Yeah, see what he says. That's a lot. See what he says. I wouldn't do it. You're I me. think Kareem Hunt. I think Cooper Cup is a top thirty wide receiver week in and week out. Okay, I'm excited. The guy that you could says. depend on. See what he says. All right. I know you're a Kareem Hunt guy. So Whoa. if it happens for you, Kareem Hunt. And then I can all the power to you. And then I can have Barkley and Hunt. How fun is that? It's fun. But can you afford to give up the depth? That's the question. Yeah, I mean, depth I, is everything right now. I mean, we got guys dropping. We're going to talk about it. Obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo looks yeah. like he's going to be done for the year. Uh, players are starting to drop, man. They are. And let's let's get into San Francisco, man. Jimmy G after the year, most likely uh, with what seems to be a torn ACL, and that means every member of the San Francisco 49ers, every single one of them, for Alfred Morris to Matt Breida to Pierre Garcon to Marquise Goodwin to George Kittle, value is in the tank currently. Like I Matt, disagree. Matt Breida is probably the only one that I like going forward. Everybody else, value in the tank. 
Uh, shout out to the CBS Sports um, CB, uh, Fantasy Football Today podcast. I listened to that uh, on the way in. And I think it was C.J. Beathard targeted running backs, I think in five starts last year, 50 times. That was when I fell in love with Carlos So Hyde. Matt Breida. Yeah. Matt Breida's like the guy. Check down King C.J. Beathard is just going to dump it off to Matt Breida a lot. He's clearly um, the better pass catcher of the two between Alfred Morris and himself. And he's clearly more explosive as well. I, I wish that they would give... Matt Breida more carries. He looked good yesterday. I know he left that game and came back in, but in a limited sample size, Matt Breida looked good. Yeah, Matt Breida did look good, and it's going to be but check down, agree. check down, check down, check down. I think check Pierre down. Garçon is droppable. I would say Marquise Goodwin is a boomer bust flex wide receiver. Uh, he's going to be probably barely inside the top 36 week in and week out with C.J. Beathard as quarterback. I've seen a few whispers on Twitter about like them signing Jay Cutler. Look, we're not going to delve into that right now because it's complete speculation. Right. I think that would probably help a guy like Marquise Goodwin, a gunslinger-type quarterback, but there's no indication of that right now. With C.J. Beathard, it's really everyone's value lowers. Maybe George Kittle doesn't lower as much as we expected to because with a quarterback like C.J. Beathard just dumping off to running backs and tight ends, maybe that helps Kittle. Uh, and I think Breida might actually see a slight uptick, but for everyone else I'm with you, uh, I think it's value in the tank here. Yeah, I uh, I agree. I think it's it's brutal if you're yeah. and if you're if if you're in a super flex or two quarterback league where you had Jimmy Garoppolo, it's like what do you do now? Yeah, he was your super flex or, or or your second quarterback option, maybe even your first quarterback. If you're in a one quarterback league. Um, I know just for next week, like I saw Ryan Tannehill against the Patriots might be a quarterback that you're looking at next week, and then even Baker Mayfield. Obviously, I don't think he was owned in a lot of leagues. Probably gonna have to drop a lot of fab on him though. Probably so. Probably so. Rightfully so. We have a lot more to get to, but when we come back, we're going to be joined by Jamie Heath of the Sports Brokers. Going to preview tonight's Monday Night Football matchup between the Bucks and the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're also going to go everything, go over all the betting stuff from yesterday. Frank did very well yesterday. I had some good calls as well. We're going to break it down with Jamie Heath, the Sports Brokers, and that comes your way next. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. with you here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Greg Sussman, Frank Stample, your fantasy best friends forever. We are joined right now from the Sports Brokers. You're here normally on Saturday mornings, but now he's going to be all over our radio network Monday, Thursdays, with us, with the Frenzy on, of course, Game Time Decisions, Red Heat Rage. It's Jamie Heath. What's going on, Jamie? Hey, guys. How are you today? I'm doing very, very well. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, you got it. No problem. Absolutely. So, uh, before we get to tonight's game, Bucks and Steelers, I, I want to go back to yesterday here for a moment um, because the, the the games were a lot of fun overall. I thought, and Frank and I, we, we did pretty well. We did pretty well, well we yesterday. Pat on the back we're patting ourselves in the back. <laughs> patting ourselves in the back. Um, Jamie, my favorite well. game, my favorite game yesterday, and I'll get to Frank's in a moment. Um, was the Redskins. And the Packers. I, I just love the Redskins as the home dog uh, yesterday. Where was the money on that one? Where were you on that? Uh, what were you thinking? Okay, well, first of all, that's a good game to bring up because I was going to do a little segue on that game anyhow. But uh, the money, the smart money was on the Redskins, and obviously the uh, public money and, you know, the average show was on Green Bay. Looking at the line, the line was pretty much two and a half in that game. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was. Uh, Obviously a game-time decision, but everyone knows that he's going to play. But he's still pretty much playing on one leg. So, yes, all the smart money. And, of course, we're on the Redskins as well. So, you know, that was really not a game for us. But I do want to bring up something that happened again yesterday in that game, and that was with the Clay Matthews hit uh, on the quarterback. He got flagged again for, for what seems like just like a regular tackle. I don't know, guys. What do you think? Maybe the quarterback should be wearing like a buzzer or something or maybe a flag. <laughs> or I, I don't know, guys. What, what do you guys think? 
Yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's ridiculous, man. The, yesterday's Clay Matthews one was, like, the worst of them all, Frank. Like, there's nothing yeah. there. What else can he do? I know what they're trying to enforce right now is that if you're a defender, you can't slam your full body weight on top of a quarterback, and it seems like that's what happened ultimately with Clay Matthews yesterday. But now this is two weeks in a row where, you know, he's been flagged for pretty much doing his job. It's just what he's so used to doing and what they're trying to enforce from last season to this season. It's just... I guess defenders have to find a way to uh, kind of work around it and and, and do their job differently. Uh, we're talking with Jamie Heath of the sportsbrokers.com. They turn outcomes into incomes. Jamie, I wanted to ask you um, about the, the Chiefs and the 49ers game yesterday. I got this game uh, last Friday with the with KC minus six and a half. And I know it was it was moving down yesterday. I know a lot of money was coming in on the 49ers. How do you feel about this Chiefs team right now? They, their offense just seems like a video game cheat code um, where every single week they're covering the over no matter what the number is. Where, where was the money yesterday, and how do you feel about the Chiefs? Yeah, well, the, the, the money actually uh, trending was on San Francisco, the smart money, I want to say. San Francisco, all this championship hype, ball, we're not going to be seeing that anymore because he's pretty much out for the season. But even you saw it in week one when they played against Minnesota, the line pretty much was less than a touchdown. And again, this week, uh, Patrick Mahomes' first home game in front of the crowd after throwing 10 touchdowns first two weeks. Like you said, it looks like a video game. It looks very, very – it looks too easy. I think after this week, when the game goes over between uh, – Denver, if, if it goes over between Denver and uh, KC Monday night, you're going to see totals with Kansas City probably in, in the low, low 60s, I'm, I'm guessing, because it just seems too easy. They had 35 points before you could blink an eye, and then they pretty much took the – the uh, the foot off the pedal and they only scored three points. But let me just tell you, folks out there right now tonight, Monday night, we're four and two right now. Okay, with uh, Monday nights and Thursday nights, we did catch a little hitch with the the Jets losing this past week when Baker Mayfield did what Baker Mayfield looks like he's going to do. But we're documented four and two this year. We crushed with the Bears last Monday night. That was our best bet of all this year so far. And again tonight, we love tonight's game. So I want you to give us a call one eight hundred two two zero. 6262. That's 1-800-220-6262 or visit our website, thesportsbrokers.com. There you go, thesportsbrokers.com. These guys have been 4-2 and in tonight's Monday Night Matchup. It's a fun one here, Jamie, between the Bucks and the Steelers. A lot of people are expecting a lot of points. Uh, I know I've been on record saying I like the Steelers. That was one of my picks uh, on Friday. Uh, and I'm certainly interested in what the sports brokers will have to say about it because I think it's going to be a fun game. Yeah, it should be. A, it, it looks like it's going to be a great game. There's a lot of hype uh, about it right now with Fitzmagic right now. Still got the Le'Veon Bell situation with Pittsburgh. But we have serious information on this game, ladies and gentlemen. Do not play this game on your own. You need to call me right now, 1-800-220-6262. Get on the phones right now. Operators are standing by. Or visit my website, thesportsbrokers.com. Jamie, I was also in on the under yesterday between the Colts and the Eagles, 47 points, obviously with them playing in the rain. Andrew Luck doesn't look like himself yet. Um, and then obviously Carson Wentz returning. I don't think they wanted to turn him loose yet anyway. Obviously, you know, Jersey just getting making sports gambling legal. I've heard a lot about sharp bettors betting the under in games. Can, can you talk to us more about that and, and how often um, the over and unders, which way do you normally lean and... and is the under normally more profitable than the over in these games? Well, that's an excellent question that you just brought up. Uh, obviously, the public persona, when you're looking at any game, whether it's a college game or pro game, the public's perception usually, and most bettors are normally looking at taking the favorite and the over. Okay? So, obviously, the lines makers a lot of times inflate their, the favorites, and, and a lot of times they inflate the totals in games. You know, you're, like you just said, in Philadelphia, it was raining yesterday. In Baltimore, it was raining yesterday. What happened with both those games? They were both unders. Uh, but, again, I typically, when I'm playing it over-under, it, it, I look at the matchups, obviously. I mean, you know, there's, there's spots where overs are, are prevalent. Right now in college football, 70 to 30 right now on over-unders, uh, toward, uh, trending towards the overs right now in the first three weeks in college football. So, you know, it's an excellent question. I technically, 
a lot of times in pro games, I do like taking unders. You know, I've, I've been much more successful in spots like that because I'm, I'm going against the public. You go against the public, a lot of times you, you obviously come more on top. Yeah, absolutely. And, and as Jamie was saying here, Frankie, it's seems safer in your own mind to take the favorite and the over is just the fun. Like, who wants to root for yeah. no points being scored? It's, a, it's absolutely true. And, you, you know, we talk a lot about the public. Where, the, where does the public normally lean? And we saw last night, or at least what I was reading about, is a lot, a lot of money coming in on the Patriots last night to blow out the Lions. And then what happened last night obviously happened. And that game went under as well, Greg. Absolutely. And, Jamie, like, I'm just looking at some of the... The Patriots and Lions are a perfect example, and I thought the Titans and Jags were also. The Jags were coming off this massive victory last week in this revenge game of sorts against the New England Patriots, and they came out and had a stinker yesterday, and I think, like, people sort of should have seen that coming. Well, again, you know, it's funny you bring that up, and a lot of times, you know, you're a day late and a dollar short, or, you know... You end up going to the funeral instead of the wedding. And in the case of Jacksonville last week, they looked so good on national TV. That was the game of the week. Playing the Patriots, they pretty much dismantled, dismantled them on all sides of the ball last week. So, again, public sees that. Jacksonville's anywhere from a 9, 10, maybe even a 10.5-point favorite, depending on, you know, what spread you got. And sure enough, they lose outright, okay? Them... And the Vikings probably destroyed all the suicide pools out there, the survival pools. They probably destroyed, I mean, who knows? There's probably very few people left in the survival pools after yesterday as well. So, again, the public looked at the Bills the last, the, the first two weeks, and they're like, this team couldn't even beat Alabama. Well, they almost shut, they pretty much shut out Minnesota in Minnesota yesterday. So, there you go. And there you go. And that is Jamie Heath from the Sports Brokers. If we want the pick tonight, Jamie, if we want to win some cash tonight, we're going to go to thesportsbrokers.com. What's the number we're going to dial again? Yes, you need to call me right now if you want to win some money on this game. It's 1-800-220-6262. Again, 1-800-220-6262. Get my game tonight. Give me a call right now or visit my website, thesportsbrokers.com. Jamie, we appreciate the time, man, and, and we will talk to you next Monday. I'm very excited for that. You got it, guys. Have a great day. You too. There you go, Jamie Heath. Thesportsbrokers.com. You want to win money, you go to the Sports Brokers, Frankie. Yeah, or you could just follow me on Twitter. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> nah, go to thesportsbrokers.com. They'll help you out for sure. Um, get in on tonight's action. Uh, Thursday night, we'll have a great game, too, between the Vikings and Rams, so that's a great one, too. And that one, everyone and their mother are going to be on the Rams after this yeah, performance this sure. past weekend and the Vikings performance. And I think What's this game is opening up at, I think I saw six and a half. Like the Vikings. Six and a half for the Rams. Give me the Vikings. Like that, right? Yep. Six, yeah, minus six and a half. The game is in Los Angeles with an over-under at 49 and a half. Um, so, yeah, that'll be interesting. You know, obviously we look at stats. We look at trends a lot when we're talking about betting. Uh, Greg, I know, you know, Gabe Morency has, you know, guys like Mark Lawrence and, and Ted Zavransky on, and they talk a lot about trends. But I think we look more... Shouldn't we look more at like the human factor in some of these games, Greg? We talk about it a lot for fantasy, too. But with a team like the Vikings, who just got embarrassed at home against the Buffalo Bills, gave a team a win that some people thought weren't going to win a game this year, don't you think that the Vikings are going to be fired up Yeah, for a, for a matchup like this? Absolutely. Which a lot of people had as their NFC championship, their conference championship matchup. Sure, I, I think these are... They're going to be fired up, man. Listen, going into this week, realistically, we thought these were the best two teams in the NFC. The Vikings and the Rams. Now, they're playing on Thursday night. The Rams' high-powered offense against the Vikings team that got embarrassed at home against the worst team in the NFL going into this week. A rookie quarterback. Pathetic. And I think they kind of took it for granted a little bit here, right? Like, they didn't play Dalvin Cook. This was like the trap game of all time. It was. Games. They didn't play the center. It was the biggest upset in the NFL in like 25 years, something like that. So It was actually, you know, it was the biggest upset by a road underdog. Yes, since the Jets went to Buffalo 23 years ago. Oh, so it was about 25. All right, cool. Yeah. So I was, I, was, I was close to that. Um, it was about 25 years ago, which is nice. Wild. Crazy. It I was feel like we should talk about the Vikings right now, Greg. Let's do like, it, dude. Dude, Kirk Cousins was absolutely brutal yesterday. With all the bad that happened in his game, Adam Thielen was still targeted 19 times, hauled in 14 of those for 105 He's the yards. guy, not Stephon Diggs. Yeah. I'm, not, not, I'm not saying Stephon Diggs isn't the guy. I am saying Adam Thielen should have been drafted before Stephon Diggs. Yeah, and I think we're seeing that now. It's 1A... Adam Thielen, 1B, Stephon Diggs. Kyle Rudolph scores a touchdown yesterday. Stephon Diggs was still targeted 10 times in this game, only brought in four of those 
417 yards. Uh, Kirk Cousins threw the ball 55 times for 296 yards. It's unbelievable. It's yards all- per attempt average is just it's terrible. I just don't know what happened. What's Were more, they out puttering the night before? Like, took this game for granted, like you mentioned. It's terrible. It was just terrible from the Vikings. And, you know, I think, again, Adam Thielen is the one positive you take away from this. I, obviously, they didn't have Dalvin Cook for this matchup. Look, Dalvin Cook wasn't going to be playing defense for them. He wasn't going to be playing offensive line for them. I don't think he would have mattered all that much anyway. You know, you turn, you, you bat your eye. This game was 24 zip in, the, in like the first half, Greg. Yeah. Hundred percent, dude. Um, Stephon, what crazy is crazy to me. You read, Kate, you read uh, Kirk Cousins' stats at just now. Stephon Diggs is lying. Like, all right, Thielen was targeted nineteen times at a great game. Stephon Diggs was still targeted ten times. So, like, double digit targets. The conversion great. was not there though. Four for seventeen. Weird. They got to figure this out. It's weird, man. It's, it's, It'll be interesting against the Rams too, and I, I think it's worth noting that Marcus Peters left that game for the Rams yesterday. Uh, and couldn't put any weight down on his leg. I think that's been announced as a, an, a calf injury. And then there was Keep Tlaib on the other side, who also left that game, looked like he rolled his ankle. So we don't even know if those guys are going to be good to go on a short week uh, in the Rams' defense, which you know we hold in such high regard because of those outside corners and the secondary that they have. If those guys aren't ready to go, again, I mean, just talking about this from a betting perspective, the Vikings plus 6.5, going to be an interesting one. It's going to be a very, very interesting one. Um, were, were, were you good with San Francisco? You, you done there? I want to make sure we, we hit that, obviously. Yeah, I think uh, we hit on everything we needed to. Pierre Garçon, I think, is droppable. Marquise Goodwin, boomer bust, low-end wide receiver three now. Uh, George Kittle, I think, takes a little bit of a hit, but based on the tight end landscape, there's really not many productive tight ends anyway, so I think he's still kind of in that low-end tight end one discussion. Uh, Alfred Morris, I think, sees a big... Uh, a big downgrade here because defenses are going to be able to just zone in on trying to stop the run. They're going to stack the box. And whenever Alfred Morris is on the field, they know that the 49ers are going to be running the football because he doesn't catch the ball. And I think Matt Breida probably stays at like a status quo. If anything, might be a slight uptick. I could see his targets improve. All right, so there you go. That's Matt Breida. That's the San Francisco 49ers. Um, let's talk about the Giants and the Texans here for a moment. Giants look competent yesterday. And everyone's and Eric Flowers. It only took, what, three years, Greg? That's so funny you say that, because I was literally <laughs> about to say, everyone's pointing out the fact that they benched Eric Flowers. That isn't the reason why they looked as good as they did yesterday. Yes, J.J. Watt was held to three sacks rather than the seven he would have had with Eric Flowers. Chad Wheeler wasn't exactly lighting the world on fire from a pass-blocking pass perspective. J.J. Watt was in the backfield on every play. What was different with the Giants yesterday was... The entire game plan was, number one, we're going to establish a run. They did not do that the first two weeks. And they established a run early, and even when Saquon Barkley had to leave the game for a little bit, they went to Wayne Gallman, they went to Jonathan Stewart. So they established a run. It was a thing. That allowed, all right, now you have to worry about the run a little bit. That was one. Second thing the Giants did yesterday was an immobile quarterback. you got to get him on the move early. And they had rollout after rollout after rollout for Eli Manning, which gave the line opportunity to hold the guys off for a little bit longer and Eli to look downfield. Saquon Barkley was not targeted in this game, the passing game, until the third quarter. He was targeted, he had 14 receptions last week. A Giants running back high in history. It was a totally different game because the game plan was better. Pat Shermer did what Ben McAdoo was too stubborn to do, and he changed it up, which allowed... Sterling Shepard to get involved, which allowed Odell Beckham to get involved, and Saquon Barkley did his thing. Now, Evan Ingram hurt. It's an MCL sprain. He's week to week. I expect him to miss probably a week or two. The Giants' offense looked competent yesterday, Frankie. Yeah, they absolutely did. It was night and day between last Sunday night's performance against the Dallas Cowboys, an absolutely brutal one uh, to bounce back this week against the Texans. A defense that we thought would be pretty good as long as they were healthy, they have not. They have really not been that great. Um, and I agree with every. Everything that you've pointed out about the way that they established the one and the way that they used Eli Manning in this contest. I don't think that you can dispute that the offensive line overall was better, though, Greg. It was better. Uh, it was better. It, it was definitely better I in don't this think performance. That's just, I don't think that's just all Chad Wheeler for Eric Flowers. No, it's not all. They definitely did different things, so that's you know, kudos to the, uh, the offensive coaching staff uh, that they were able to make those changes and execute on those changes uh, I do think it's worth mentioning, and, and I've tweeted this out, Drink, that in any games that Evan Ingram misses, Sterling Shepard clearly gets an uptick. Sure. Like, he was, he was big in this game yesterday for them. 
Yeah, 1,000%. I saw that tweet, actually. I was like, you know what? That was a really good point by Frank. And I think, actually, Thanks, Greg. Eli moving, moving around really helped Sterling Shepard a, a lot also. And Shepard was not the primary target on the touchdown. That was Odell Beckham Jr. But he was so much more involved in the offense yesterday uh, than he was each of the first two weeks. Uh, he becomes a viable start. This week against New Orleans, it should be a fun one. I can see a lot of Sterling Shepard. I actually like him a lot this week. Yeah, and on the other side of that, don't look down, Greg. Will Fuller. Five for 101 and a touchdown was targeted more than DeAndre Hopkins in this game. I mentioned late last week, Will Fuller as a buy high. Still feel pretty good about that. DeAndre Hopkins, remember, against Janoris Jenkins. If you want to buy low on Hopkins if that's possible, go for it. I was actually offered a trade during the show. Can't pull the trigger. I want to. Um, it was interesting. I'll tell you about it when we return. Fantasy Best Friends Forever going over everything you need to know about week three. And we'll continue with that when we come back. There's only one place to listen to the best fantasy advice, and that's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. By downloading the FNTSY Radio Network app, you'll be blessed with having the top fantasy experts right in your pocket. You'll get award-winning and entertaining programs like the Roto Experts. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. Fantasy Best Friends Forever. Yo! Carton and Friends. Yeah, buddy! And so much more. You feel what I'm saying? Download the FNTSY Sports Radio Network app now and take the most trusted fantasy experts with you wherever you go. Hiya, Bobby. Hi, Ken. You want to go for a ride? Sure, Ken. Jump in. I'm a Bobby girl in the Bobby world. Life in plastic. It's fantastic. You can brush my hair. Undress me everywhere. Imagination. Life is your creation. If you enjoy playing daily fantasy sports but are sick of dealing with professionals using algorithms to select hundreds of lineups and entries, Try the Prosper tool at mybookie.ag. Forget having to create multiple lineups, ditch the hassle of dealing with late scratches, and avoid experts winning 90% of the money. Invest in the players that you want without salary caps. And if you sign up for a new account using the promo code FNTSY, you can receive a 50% deposit bonus. No more dealing with late scratches, no experts to compete against, just you and the prop that you choose. Go to mybookie.ag, enter promo code FNTSY upon sign up and choose your matchups using the Props Builder tool. That's mybookie.ag. The promo code is FNTSY. We also want to remind you that Fantasy Factor is the only DFS site with exclusively single-entry contests. It's fun and a recreational place to play with smaller leagues and platter prize pools. They have great free promos like Survivor, Super Bowl Squares, and March Madness Bracket Contest. Sign up today and go to FantasyFactor.com. And that's FantasyFactor.com. Greg, and we wonder why some of our YouTube watchers... Our listeners hate us. Why would anyone hate us? Probably because we have Barbie Girl as an intro song. I mean, <laughs> I would think that's a reason they would love us. I mean, it's a reason why I love us. Nothing you have in a way? Someone just called me Toast in the chat. I don't know why. Was it because of my <laughs> dance moves? Was it because I liked Chris Hogan before the year? I mean, there's lots of reasons why I could be Toast. You're definitely Toast. I just need to know why. Yes. I did want to jump in uh, right when the Barbie Girl was about to get going. Come on, Greggy. Let's go, Greggy. You know, I saw. And then you would have taken off. Mm-hmm. We'll practice it next time we go. I'm, I'm out. You're out on that. I'm out. All right. All right. Are you out on that song overall? Yeah. 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 All right. Let's get to the Ravens game yesterday. Baltimore and Denver. By the way, another one I, you know, had it on the back. The fan duel, and you can go back. I got, a lot of, I got a lot of hate on this on Twitter. I don't know if you noticed that. Did you? A lot of people coming at me about everything I was saying in our Friday video on FanDuel. You crushed a lot of it, Greg. You were very adamant about the Titans. I was very you adamant. You called that. I called that. <laughs> I only, you know what I also called? The over in the Ravens and the Broncos. Nailed it. I absolutely you, nailed it. 100%. What was, what was the over-under in this game? I don't know, but I nailed it because it clearly went over. Did it? Yes. There was 41 points scored in this game. That's it. <laughs> I thought there was more. 27 to 14. Might not have nailed it. <laughs> Did you have the Ravens? I got. I got to look. I, gotta look I think they were like six point favorites when it was all. I did not. Out. I definitely didn't have the Ravens. Ah, I had the. I had the. So over. we just spent about two minutes pumping you up to yeah. find out that you lied about everything. Well, hold on. Oh man, what? I gotta find out what the lines were yesterday. Well, Ravens, for the Broncos in this game, uh, Philip Lindsay was ejected in the first quarter for throwing a punch, uh, and that allowed Royce Freeman. Well, Royce Freeman scored the touchdown before the ejection. Anyway, it was under. God damn it! But Royce Freeman ultimately ran thirteen times for fifty-three yards and a touchdown. I thought he looked pretty good. He did his job, right? Yeah, you know what? He did his job. 
He scored a touchdown. Thing is how many people actually had Royce Freeman in their lineup? I mentioned him for who did I mention for yesterday? Alfred Morris. You told me to do that. I had them ranked very closely. Yeah, you told me to do that, so so I did it. Um, and and listen, with Philip Lindsay ejected, you thought we get a lot better for Royce Freeman. It it didn't get a lot better. It got a, a little script. better. It was game script. Hundred percent messed this one up because the the Ravens already had twenty seven points by the third quarter. Um, so they were up 27-14 for a large portion of you know the end of that third quarter uh, going into the fourth quarter. So the Denver Broncos were playing catch-up in this game, and Case Keenum just crapped the bed. 192 yards, no touchdowns, one interception. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, again, the most targeted player on the team. Uh, he had an end-around touchdown, so that saved his day, but only five receptions for 38 yards. At least Demarius Thomas was a little more efficient this week. Um, he didn't drop any passes. He caught all five of his targets for 63, so that's good to see. And then on the other side, before we get to you know my running backs, my guy Alex Collins, yep. very clearly, you know, John Brown and Michael Crabtree in the past game. Yep. Crabtree had 10 receptions. Um, I think this is kind of what you could expect from him, 7 for 61. In the, in the weeks where he scores a touchdown, he'll be a top 24 wide receiver. In the weeks where he doesn't, he'll likely be a top 36 wide receiver in that range. So he's clearly a wide receiver three, and I think John Brown is in that category as well. We spoke about him last week as a waiver ad, uh, being like the 1B in yep. this offense, maybe even the 1A. It's kind of it's very close between him and Crabtree. But caught five of nine targets for 86 yards. Now on to the running game, Greggy. Here we go. We had Alex Collins score a touchdown early in the game. Looked great. 18 carries for 68 yards. Not the best YPC, not the best yards per carry. Could have been a little bit better. But there you go. Buck Allen, rearing his ugly head. Hashtag, get the buck out of here. Caught a touchdown in the red zone in this game. Three receptions for 19 yards. Ran six times, Greg, for a whopping seven yards. And scored an additional rushing touchdown. It's just frustrating because while it was a great game from Alex Collins, you need to be greedy when it comes to fantasy football. You need all the points you can get. If Buck Allen wasn't here... Alex Collins can be a top 10 running back? On the play, on the touchdown that Buck Allen had yesterday, a fullback sneak, Alex Collins was in the I formation right behind Buck Allen as his lead fullback. Joe Flacco taps his foot. Alex Collins motions out of the backfield, and we get a fullback sneak up the middle for a one-yard touchdown for Buck Allen. It's just very frustrating, Greg. It could have been a monster game for Alex Collins. Instead, we got a good, good one. Good game. A good game. Good game for Alex Yeah, I just want to be more greedy when it comes to him. I think it was encouraging regardless. Speaking of greed, a lot of greed in Miami. Because I, I don't get it. I don't get this at all as we get to Miami and Oakland. So, They're having fun. They're clapping hands while they're scoring touchdowns. So I can't say I watched any of this. Did you see the touchdown that they scored? No. There was a touchdown. I think it was to Jakeem Grant. Albert Wilson. Was it from Albert Wilson to Jakeem Grant? No, I think this was a long Albert Wilson touchdown where him and, I believe it was like Kenny Stills, so he didn't, are running down not, the field. Not and the one he threw. Just, just one of these, Greg. Hit me with one of these. They're running down the field. An Oakland Raiders defender not within 30 right. yards of them. They're like at the 10-yard line. They're just like running, strolling in. Give each other a high five. Dolphins are having fun right now. Kenyon Drake owners, certainly not, so not much. having fun. Not so much. I don't get it. Like, I understand the Raiders were yeah. up early in this game. And then the Dolphins came back with Jakeem Grant, with Albert Wilson, but they'd established no running game. I believe there's 19 carries total in this one. Um, Frank Gore did nothing. Kenny and Drake did nothing. Why are they not unleashing Kenny and Drake? It seemed like they were. The first two weeks, he was dominating snaps. He was dominating touchdowns. Um, he's scored the, he scored a touchdown last week against the Jets, so it seemed like everything was trending in the right direction for Kenny and Drake. That's high... That's why many fantasy analysts had him ranked as a high-end RB2 heading into this matchup. It was a good matchup against the Oakland Raiders, who were allowing, you know, I think, what, top 10 in fantasy points to running backs this year? And then they go out, and they combine 11 carries for 15 yards. It was just a weird game script. I don't script. get it, man. There was a lot. This game flipped on a dime in this one, Greg, where, like, a lot of points were scored on big plays out of nowhere with Albert Wilson throwing a 52-yard touchdown, a catch-and-run uh, to Jakeem Grant. Jakeem Grant had two catches in this game. Both of them went for touchdowns, for long touchdowns. He had 70 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, it's just a crapshoot. I mean, trying to figure the Miami Dolphins out for fantasy purposes right now. Kenny Stills, you want to look at as the guy, but he's not getting more than five targets per week. I had him on my bench this week, 
And this is who Kenny Stills is going to be. He's going to be a boomer bust, touchdown per week kind of guy. When you bench him, he's going to have a big game. This week he had three receptions for 61 yards and a touchdown. And then there was just big touchdowns out of everyone else in this game that caused this to turn around quickly. And before you knew it, there wasn't enough time left in the game for the Dolphins to run out the clock with guys like Kenyon Drake yep. and Frank Gore. It was just weird all around. And Amari Cooper back on a milk carton in this one. Just more of the same. How many years does it have to happen, Greg, before we realize don't draft Amari Cooper? I realized it. I didn't draft him. I why did, why didn't you sucks. tell me? I did. Well, why weren't you more adamant? I was. I said I'm not drafting any Raiders. I, like I said I'm Marshawn Lynch. Like, toward the end, I was coming closer, for sure. But I sat here when Florian was... Same, man. Like, it, when Florian was still here, I sat here telling everybody. And who, who did I like, by the way? Jory Nelson. Love Jory Nelson. Remember that? Oh, God. Oh, Remember yeah. Now you're singing the praises of Jordy Nelson when he has a six-catch, 173-yard day with a touchdown. And Amari Cooper with a paltry two receptions. I can't wait. I can't yards. wait till John Green and trades him. Probably. Probably will. Or Michael Crabtree? That'd probably work, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think he fits the mold. He's a little bit older, That'll right? He's a good possession receiver. Bring it back to Oakland. They have experience there. I don't know what's going on, man. You know, you know what? Mark Cooper is going to what about- be the focal point of our passing attack. He had five targets. Martavis Bryant had five targets. Jared Cook had six targets. Jalen Richard had seven targets. Jordy Nelson had eight targets. John Gruden, hello, you are lying to us. And we believed you. I didn't believe him. I did. Amari Cooper will be traded for Randall Cobb. So they can just re- so they can redo the whole Cobb and Jordy thing in Oakland. Reggie McKenzie will be like, yeah, we're rebuilding the Green Bay Packers. Then they'll try to trade for Aaron Rodgers. It'll be great. It'll be so, so great. They'll give up the first round picks that they got for Khalil Mack. Yeah. You get Aaron Rodgers. Right. Packers probably won't do that. Probably not. Randall Cobb part they'll do. Derek Carr and a first round pick for Aaron Rodgers? Nah, you shouldn't do that. Yeah, you can't no, you do that. Not doing. No, what, are you, what are you doing? What, what are you doing here? Um, we spoke a little bit about the Texans. I know Lamar Miller scored in the last play of the game. Lamar Miller sucks. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. Oh, that's easy to say after a 10-rush for 10-yard performance. <laughs> what, what were you, what were you after saying after his previous game? That he sucks! He's, look, he's Lamar Miller. This is, this is who he is. He's never going to wow you. He's going to give you... He's gonna. He probably still finished as a top twenty-four running back this week. I guarantee we did because that garbage time. The garbage. Touchdown. The last play of the game touchdown. I'll look it up for you right now. Yeah. In a half point PPR. By the way, Lamar Miller finished as. No, I lied. Finished as RB twenty-seven. Because he sucks. He's a flex running back. It sucks. Let's see where he is on the season, though, Greg. Sure. I guarantee you he's top twenty-four. Yeah, you guaranteed me once. You're wrong. Twenty-fourth. <laughs> so pay up. Wait a minute. Put your money where your mouth he's is. Twenty-fourth. James Conner goes tonight. Peace. But James Conner's already ahead of him. Really? He's two games? He's seventh. That's awesome. Obviously. You know, you're looking at points total, not points yeah, per game. Points total. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where's Peyton Barber on that list? Not, definitely not. He's not even inside the top 50. Really? Oh. I mean, unless he has a three-touchdown, 200-yard performance. Let's go! Speaking of which, there was a player prop I did want to bring up for tonight. Uh, in the FanDuel Sportsbook, I think it was Peyton Barber, 53 and a half. Yeah. Washing yards, I like the over. Oh, really? I like the over, Greg. Wow. What do you got tonight, by the way? I actually have money. It's crazy. There's so much money coming in on the Bucks now. I think the Steelers opened up as like two-point favorites in this game. Right. The Bucks are now up to minus one and a half. They're really? one and a half point favorites. Really? So lots of money coming in on Fitz and Magic and the boys. People buying in on the Tampa Bay Bucks. I actually have a wager in. Uh, I put money on the Steelers on Friday when they were a point and a half favorites. I'm sickened by that. Wow. I think this is a must, not a must win game because they have the tie, the Steelers, but I think they have to win this game against a fraudulent Tampa Bay Bucks team. I'm not buying it. I agree with you. I I took the Steelers. I took the Steelers also. Um, If I had to choose one of the, I I don't think I would touch the over under because it's pretty high at 54. I think you have to go under, but I don't want, no. I was thinking over, but like. So many points. I don't trust either defense. Yeah, so I wouldn't touch that either. either. I wouldn't touch. I wouldn't touch the. Uh, Do you have what's Antonio Brown? How, what's the over under catch for Antonio Brown tonight? I think it was seven and a half or eight and a half. Right so now? many. It's a lot. Eight and a half? No way. I think it was seven and a half. That makes more sense. Put up for you. If it was six and a half, I would take the over. Uh, game props, player props. Here we go. Yeah. Antonio Brown total receiving yards that was at one hundred and one point five. It's very high. <laughs> Vegas is expecting a monster game out of That's so Brown. funny. Seven and a half. Oh my God, so hot. a lot. You, you can't touch that game. Kind of want the over. The over is at plus 102, so. 
What's, you, what's Juju? Juju's at five. Oh, God. The over at minus 140, so. Yeah. All right. That's the obvious play right there. That's going to do it for us, by the way, uh, on YouTube. Corey Parson, Jim Day, the birthday boy Jim Day, uh, Chris Ventra. They are up next, Fantasy Football Frenzy. If you're listening on the radio, on iTunes, and a podcast, Fantasy Sports Radio Network, we continue for the next five minutes, uh, and we'll go until the top of the hour. We want to remind you here that uh, you can subscribe to our podcast, rate us five stars, give us a like, do whatever, leave comments. We appreciate all of it. Do we not, Frank? Yeah, we absolutely do. Uh, rate, subscribe, give us a like, give us five stars on iTunes. Greg, we've gone about 53 minutes now. Yeah. We haven't mentioned, well, we briefly mentioned him, Calvin Ridley. I haven't mentioned Calvin Ridley for the most part, yeah. I saw an awesome tweet yesterday that said, uh, the Falcons finally have a, a competent wide receiver too, Greg. Julio Jones. Who told you that? We sat here going over the numbers with Calvin Ridley. Did we not? Talking about, out, out, talking about Roddy White and Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley's rookie yeah. season and what he could do. No one's saying he predicted a three-touchdown game, a ridiculous performance. Yeah. But you're going to go that. ahead and say that you're predicting uh, Calvin Ridley is the wide receiver one for the Falcons. No. Didn't say that either. He's the anti-Julio Jones. I'm predicting that Calvin Ridley is competent. I, I predict that Calvin Ridley can be started, and I'm confident in Calvin Ridley, and I like Calvin Ridley. That's what I'm predicting. Like, what, what, is he an every-week starter? I think that's a question a lot of people are going to have. I still think he's going to be boom or bust E. He might be touchdown dependent. I don't know that the volume is going to be there for him every week to have whatever his stat line was without. It was like, I think, 6 for 70, something like that. Is that going to be every single week for Calvin Ridley? I wouldn't bet on it yet. I would say he's clearly a wide receiver three now. I, I had someone ask me today, uh, if you have Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley on the same team, can they both be fantasy viable? Yeah. I think Absolutely. the answer is yes. I think Julio Jones is clearly still a wide receiver one, though he's... Well, not scoring touchdowns, surprise, surprise. And Calvin Ridley has crept in as a wide receiver three as uh, the fantasy executive in the corner cries would over you the Cowboys passing on Calvin. Would you rather have Calvin Ridley or Tyler Boyd? Calvin Ridley. Really? Yeah, I, uh, I also tweeted about this earlier, Greg. I think there's another loss to the Falcons' defense now with Ricardo yeah. Allen, their free safety. They've lost now three starting players on their defense. That's going to lead to more shootouts this year. And that's going to lead to more Matt Ryan being fantasy viable. And that's going to lead to him obviously throwing the ball and making all of the options in the passing game more viable. And I think that obviously starts now with Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. Um, so Ridley is the number two receiving option in his passing game. So is Tyler Boyd. Well, Ridley is, and he is, but in two is. wide receiver sets, he's not out there. It's still Mohamed Sanu out there. I want to make that clear. Like, as Atlanta's trying to come back last yes, night. Yes, but he's clearly more electric, and I, I, I would depend on him to get more targets consistently than Mohamed Sanu. Like, Mohamed Sanu doesn't bring much. I, I, I agree. So it sounds like you would take Tyler Boyd. I would. I don't know that there's a wrong answer here. Yeah, I would take Tyler I Boyd. I think he both are awesome, low-end wide receiver threes right now. Who would you rather have, Calvin Ridley or Quincy Nunwa? Quincy Nunwa. He's clearly the wide receiver one for his team, getting double-digit targets. Do you rank it in... Because uh, these are three of the top pickups thus far on the waiver yeah. wire. You I, rank I them think they're all viable right now. Nunwa, Ridley, Boyd. That's how I'd rank it, yeah. And then John Brown or John Brown somewhere else? John Brown... Very close between him and Tyler Boyd. I'll still take Boyd, but it's close. I think all three... I think Quincy Inouye is closer to the wide receiver two discussion. I think he's like high-end wide receiver three. I think these guys are more so boomer bust wide receiver threes. But I think all three are top 36 wide receivers right now. I think so too, man. I, Tyler Boyd just looked awesome. It was really, really good yesterday. Uh, Christian McCaffrey in the same game with 28 carries, career high. 184 yards rushing, easily a career high. Cam Newton also scored two touchdowns. And this is BFF's one. Yeah. Must win game. Must win I tweeted out yesterday, uh, obviously before McCaffrey ended up with all these touches and yards, that his owners must be so frustrated because Cam Newton's vulturing touchdowns. CJ Anderson is vulturing touchdowns. Then I had people tweet me later like, dude, he had 20 carries. Not so frustrated. Not so Not frustrated. frustrated. Uh, we're done for today. Frenzy's up next. We'll see you tomorrow. We hope. Does your fantasy team suck? Maybe you need us. The Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The only free 24-7 Fantasy Sports Radio Network.